Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. And welcome to this week's In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto, your host. Kim, we've got a couple of great guests on tap for everybody today. Uh, Congressman Brian Babin is going to be with us shortly. Um, in the next segment, we've got our superstar, Dr. Tom Tunstall. He's got a, a new economic study that we're going to be talking about. It's going to be a great show today. Real quick, Kim, new issues out? Yes, it is. The president of Intervest is on our cover. Great story, great company, John Walker. Uh, very interesting read, plus we have a lot of great content in in this latest issue as well. So I encourage our listeners to go to shellmag.com, look at the latest issue, learn about this company, Intervest. They are really doing some amazing things, and the leadership is just, he's amazing, John Walker. And while you're at shellmag.com, uh, click on the Teak banner and join Teak. Such a great organization, and it's free to join. Just click on it, read about it, and join. Cost you nothing, and you can help be a voice for the oil and gas industry. Uh, Kim, I think it's time right now. We've got uh, Congressman Babin on the phone, so let's get right to it. Well, thank you, Alvin. And our guest today is Congressman Babin. Congressman Babin, you've been on the show before, and your your district is near Baytown in Houston. Give me a little bit of background on your uh, why you wanted to run for office, because I know you are not an, an elected official by trait. You're actually a doctor. So tell me a little bit about your district and why did you want to run for office? Thank you, Kim. I appreciate it. It's great to be with you. Uh, I ran for Congress because of eight years of Barack Obama's administration, Democratic control, Obamacare, overregulation, overtaxation, weakening military, a foreign policy that was absolutely a disaster. Uh, and, you know, I come from a district and now represent that district, which is the absolute epicenter of energy production in the, in the United States of America. We have more chemical plants and refineries uh, and that type of industry in my district than any other district in the country. Uh, so uh, for that reason, we have decided, uh, uh, I decided to, to throw my name in the hat and well, was the last man standing in a pretty tough campaign. Uh, and now we're trying to get uh, some, of these, some of these rules rolled back. Uh, and we're, I think we're being successful. We're seeing, we have a president now that uh, will sign executive orders and will sign it, uh, uh, legislation that we pass that will absolutely do that. And uh, we're, we've already passed in the House a repeal of Obamacare. It's, it's in the Senate's hands now. We're waiting to see what happens there. Uh, we've got tax reform on the, on the table. And hopefully we'll be very serious about getting this done uh, and uh, roll back these regulatory this bureaucracy, uh, midnight rules. We've done congressional review acts. The president has signed a number of bills already, uh, which I think will create jobs in my district and, and, and around the country. Uh, so these are the types of things that I believe that are so important to our district that need to be done. And that's why I'm here, and that's what I'm trying to do. Well, thank you for saying that. And you are a very key elected official in the Houston area. 
and 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 I do agree with you. The EPA was completely uh, had overreached so far; it was strangling the energy sector. And yet, you know, we know that energy is vital, vital to us, vital to our economy. It provides so much in the way of resources and jobs. And so, I want to briefly just talk about uh, a couple of weeks back, President Trump said we were getting out of the Paris Climate Agreement. And and that was important for a lot of reasons. It really didn't benefit the United States. Give me your stance on why it was important for us to pull out of the Paris Climate Agreement. I think it'd be an unmitigated disaster for the United States uh, to pony up billions of dollars paying other countries uh, to subsid- basically subsidize their, their energy production uh, and raise our taxes and our energy costs here. Uh, And I applaud President Trump for standing up for the interests of the American worker and withdrawing us from the Paris uh, Climate Change Agreement. And uh, this agreement was never ratified by the Senate, as it should have been. It was poorly negotiated by the Obama administration. It's simply a bad deal uh, for the American people. It punishes hardworking Americans with higher uh, energy costs, costs us jobs. Uh, smaller paychecks while providing really no meaningful benefit to the environment and doing uh, absolutely very little to hold the world's top polluters like China accountable. Uh, China wouldn't even have to comply with the Paris Accords until the, um, I think, 2030. Uh, Further, it would uniquely hurt the people of the 36th district uh, by threatening many good-paying jobs that are provided by our area's petrochemical and refining facilities that I just mentioned a second ago. And and, and also, while this decision will not sit well without a touch liberal politicians and and pro-UN globalists, President Trump was elected to put American workers first and to turn back these types of bad deals that undermine uh, the competitiveness of U.S. jobs and, and our companies and industries. Now, Congressman Babin, there's also another really top priority, you know, what you stand on in in office. One of them is uh, immigration. And we've had some legislation that's passed here in Texas as well since Governor Abbott basically extended session. And uh, I want to talk about the sanctuary cities here in Texas as well. Absolutely. We've got sanctuary cities in Texas, like we have over 300 of them across the country. And uh, it's all part and parcel of an immigration system that and policy that's been virtually out of control, uh, you know, for many years. And uh, it, 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 it doesn't. It, I don't think you can just point the the finger of blame at uh, at the Democrats either. This is this has been also a problem under uh, Republican administrations as well. It was far worse under Obama than anyone than anyone else, uh, but. You know, I think the American taxpayer, or taxpayers, are very, very sick and tired of seeing people come into this country illegally, and many of of which who have turned out to be criminals. Uh, This MS-13 gang uh, problem that we've got, we've got uh, thousands of these uh, young young males that have come into the uh, to the country illegally. And uh, have 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 been uh, some of them come in as minors uh, and get uh, uh, get benefits, and now they're here. Uh, and and our our immigration system has cost the American taxpayer a ton of money on 
education, on law enforcement, on the, uh, uh, you know, on medical treatment, on and on. And I think it's, it is a one of the reasons that President Trump got elected because he promised to stop it. And uh, as we've seen, he's made some executive orders that uh, would have st- slowed down the influx of refugees from uh, terrorist countries who uh, uh, it's been proven, it's proven that ISIS and other terrorist groups have infiltrated our, our policies here. And uh, unfortunately, these uh, executive orders have been stymied and stopped by the federal court system uh, that, that uh, continues to let these people in. And it, it's a disgrace. And I've introduced legislation for now over uh, almost two years uh, to try to stop this legislatively. And uh, unfortunately, we, we just, here we are, we're being stopped by the courts and we have to make sure that these people, uh, that we protect the American uh, citizens uh, before we start letting people in from terrorist hotspots that have proven to be fatal for some people, some Americans, and, and as you can see in, in Western Europe as well. And these sanctuary cities, they're out of control. Uh, the, uh, and, and one of the worst places is Travis County, Texas, and Austin. In Austin, our state capital. They are, yeah, they are determined. Uh, it's a mystery to me how anybody, any elected official, could put the welfare of illegal alien criminals ahead of their own law-abiding citizens. But nevertheless, this is what's happening. Uh, so I, I applaud the president. I'm supporting uh, bills that will stop this nonsense and cut off the federal funding uh, to these counties, cities, and even states. Uh, but I will say this. I've had several uh, briefings by uh, General uh, uh, John Kelly, who is now our Secretary of uh, Homeland uh, Security, and uh, just by enforcing the existing laws of immigration, he has he has cut illegal crossings of our border by seventy percent plus. So, Congressman Babin, tell me, you recently went to go visit the Johnson Space Center, and I'm very interested to hear what happened. What's going on out there? Let me just say how how honored and privileged I was to be able to meet these 12 new astronauts uh, of the 2017 astronaut class. And uh, unbelievably, there were 12 who finished the race and won when there were over 18,000 applicants for this job. And, and, and really fine people were making applications, and these 12 were the ones that that, that, that were the ones that were uh, awarded membership in this class. And there were five women and seven men, and the, uh, their resumes and their accomplishments, whether they were scientists or whether they were in the military, many of them were test pilots, uh, uh, top scientists, uh, you name it, great, great people. And uh, so impressed, uh, impressive resumes and accomplishments, just unbelievable. And uh, one of them uh, was a former Navy SEAL who absolutely served with my son in in Iraq. Uh, And my son was a Navy SEAL as well. So I knew this young man before. Uh, And just uh, just every one of him, him and his colleagues were all just wonderful people. 
So uh, it, it was. Notch. It, it was, sounds yeah, like it, it, uh, 12 out of eight, over 18,000, that is a, a huge hurdle to get over. So you probably are the best of the best. <laughs> so Congressman Babin, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Pleasure. Keep up the good work. You are doing great. We're proud to have you representing the state of Texas. Well, you're real nice, and I enjoyed talking to you, Kim, and uh, I hope to, hope to see you soon. Okay? Keep up the good work. Congressman Babin, we appreciate having you on the show and taking time out of your busy schedule to to visit with us here on In the Oil Patch. But right now, we do need to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch. We've got Dr. Tom Tunstall on the flip side, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that will keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. Hey, and welcome back to this week's In the Oil Patch. Kim, we had a great talk with Congressman Babin in the last segment, but this segment is, is very important, especially, I think, if you're doing business or trying to do business down in the Eagle Ford Shale area, you're going to want to listen to the rest of the show because there's some great information coming from from one of our favorite guests, Dr. Tom Tunstall. He's the Senior Research Director for the Institute for Economic Development at UTSA. And Dr. Tunstall, we want to talk a little bit about who you are and let's talk about the Institute for Economic Development and just refresh everybody's mind as to uh, who is Dr. Tom Tunstall. Okay, thanks, Alvin. Uh, we've uh, At the Institute for Economic Development at uh, UT San Antonio, we've got uh, about 11 programs focused on various aspects of economic development. Uh, we run a network of small business development centers that uh, work with small businesses uh, in a geography stretching roughly from El Paso to Corpus Christi uh, in that South Texas uh, area. Uh, we uh, have a rural business program that works with community leaders in that same geography, working with them on uh, issues of governance and uh, developing strategic plans and, and that sort of thing. The uh, Small Business Development Center network extends down into Mexico, Latin America, and the Caribbean. Uh, my group does the research, and uh, we perform community and economic impact studies, obviously, on the Eagleford Shale. We had done one a few years ago on the Klein Shale out in West Texas, but uh, also things like the um, San Antonio Missions and, and the, uh, their recent UNESCO World Heritage designation, which is going to bring even more tourists to the San Antonio area uh, to see not just the Alamo, but the other four missions. And, and we're working with the city to make sure that future development surrounding the missions uh, retains the cultural authenticity that's associated with them. Um, you know, we've worked with communities uh, on uh, targeted industry analysis, workforce analysis, really uh, almost anything having to do with economic development is fair game as far as our research goes. Now, Tom, I wanted to ask you, you know, you have your research department has done this for a very long time. And there were some real winners when uh, the oil prices dropped. So name some of the counties that you were you feel were really uh, able to prepare properly and managed and maintain the storm well. Yeah, and you know, it's hard for a lot of these small communities to uh, do much in the way of strategic planning. Uh, they, they don't have large city staffs. Um, 
a, a lot. They're mostly of, volunteers that are elected, right? In, in many cases, yeah, and 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 so uh, in a lot of cases, the either the experience or capacity is limited, and um, so that's where we come in. We work with communities to try to help fill in those gaps and and plan for the longer term. Um, some of the communities that we've been uh, tracking on a, a consistent basis include uh, Cotula, uh, Carn City, Gonzales. Uh, we've worked with Pleasanton uh, and uh, also uh, uh, have been uh, keeping up with Quero. And, and they're all examples of cities that have done a pretty good job managing through the ups and downs of the oil and gas industry. They've been working on diversifying their economies, uh, putting in place infrastructure that will be necessary to support either new residents, visitors, or, or new businesses that uh, they can hopefully bring to the area. Dr. Tunstall, you guys recently completed a, uh, a new study, and business opportunities in the new normal, it's, the, it's an economic impact study of the Eagle Ford Shale. Let's, let's unpack that just a little bit, and in the next segment, let's really start getting into the meat of the study, but tell us about this study. Sure. Uh, the study was uh, kind of fun f- from the aspect that we, the last one we finished was in 2014, which covered calendar year 2013. And so it's basically been three years since we've completed a study. So this, this latest one w- was a, a way to fill in those gaps. So we now have data for 2014, 2015, and 2016, really up through pretty much the, the current period. You know, we won't have 2017 numbers until uh, early next year. But uh, what's been interesting is to see how things peaked in 2014. In fact, we're, the, 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 the numbers turned out to be really, really strong. And, uh, and then, of course, we saw a fall off. But even with the fall off, things are better in terms of economic output, in terms of uh, overall uh, jobs related to the oil and gas industry than they were before all of this got started. So as painful as the boom has been, um, the, uh, things are, the communities, uh, if they've done a good job stewarding their resources, are still better off than they would have been without it um, occurring. Now, what was the overall scope of the study? We looked at 15 counties that have active drilling and then six counties that uh, aren't typically associated with the Eagleford Shale, at least by the Railroad Commission's definition of them. So those counties include Bear County, Nueces, San Patricio, down by uh, the Port of Corpus Christi, uh, and, and a few other counties that do see economic impact because they're close by the Eagleford. And so people either live there, uh, uh, families live there, workers commute from there, or, or they're uh, a good uh, base of operations for companies to operate out of that uh, are doing work in the Eagleford. Well, in the, in the next segment, Dr. Tunstall, I want to really start unpacking this study and, and talking about it. And uh, you've got some great numbers to share. However, right now we do need to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey, along with your host, Kim Bellotto, and our special guest in studio today, one of our favorites, by the way, Dr. Tom Tunstall, the Senior Research Director for the Institute for Economic Development at UTSA. We'll be right back. Amerijet's global cargo network is ready to take care of all your shipping needs. With over 40 years of experience in the energy industry, we will help drive your excellent performance. 
Shipping general cargo, oversized, heavy lift, hazardous material, or mission-critical cargo? Amerijet is your full-service logistics provider, offering air charter, airport-to-airport, cross-border trucking, and express shipping. Amerijet will connect your company to over 30 major cities in the U.S. with more than 625 destinations worldwide. We provide global transportation solutions throughout the Americas, Mexico, the Caribbean, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Your company will benefit from compliance with the highest safety and environmental standards, 24-7 security and surveillance, and online tracking. Let Amerijet's global team ensure the safe delivery of your cargo. For the best in customer satisfaction, Amerijet Houston is your commercial shipping partner. Call Amerijet at 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. Once again, that's 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. You know, great companies take great care of their employees. Ensure the well-being of your workforce with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired till the day they retire. From pre-employment screenings to routine immunizations to on-site injury care and more, trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your workforce health care needs. Health care that comes to you. Call 866-334-2485. Again, that's 1-866-334-2485. Oilfield Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Dr. Tom Tunstall, leading researcher for the University of Texas in San Antonio. Tom, before the break, we discussed how STEER, which South Texas Energy and Economic Roundtable, commissioned the University of Texas in San Antonio to do a business research paper on the effects or the economic impact of the Eagle Ford Shell. Uh, The research paper that you guys created or the university created was Business Opportunities and the New Normal. Let's start with what was the gross output of the whole entire Eagle Ford, the 21 counties that you covered? Tell us a little bit about those numbers. Sure. The The last time we had finished a study or, or had completed a study was for calendar year 2013, and, and the economic impact at that point was about $87 billion. So in 2014, uh, we were surprised that number jumped up to $123 billion, which is where Things did peak, uh, not surprisingly. It was November 2014 that OPEC announced uh, it was not going to cut back production to try to stabilize oil prices, and that's where we started to see oil prices uh, drop, and uh, and they didn't really hit bottom until uh, last year uh, or in February where they hit $26 a barrel. But in 2015, the economic impact uh, did drop to about $80 billion, which is uh, still significant. And then Last year, the economic impact in the 21-county area was still about $50 billion, uh, greater than it was in the early phases of the Eagleford Shell. I remember when we introduced the first, the, the not the preliminary study, but the, the next year we had actually done a baseline study, which covered calendar year 2011. And at that time, we announced that the economic impact of the Eagleford Shell was $25 billion. And people were saying, wow, that's, that is amazing. That's, that's crazy. And yet last year, it was still double that. So uh, it's important, I think, that we keep 
keep the uh, picture in perspective uh, that yes, uh, it's 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 been tough to with with oil prices dropping, but uh, these communities uh, by and large are better off than they were before all of this activity got started. You know the 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 jobs. Uh, in a lot of ways mirror what happened with the economic uh, output, not surprisingly. Uh, the last report we had completed uh, showed that in 2013, the Eagleford Shale in the 21 county area supported uh, a little over 150,000 full-time jobs. In 2014, that, that number went up to 190,000, almost uh, 200,000 jobs. And then of course in 2015, we started to see the effects of the slowdown uh, that number dropped to 176,000, and then uh, last year was estimated to be just over 100,000, about 108,000 jobs being supported. Um, so, uh, and that was with rig counts, uh, you know, dropping into the the mid 20s. Uh, this so far this year, rig counts have have gone back up, and and they're up uh, uh, north of 90 rigs operating in the Eagleford Shale now. Plus, the Permian's taken off as well. So we're, we're definitely seeing a comeback, and uh, you know, as long, long as oil prices stay, uh, uh, you know, moderate in, in roughly the fifty dollar per barrel range, uh, I, I think uh, you know it bodes well for the for the state and for these regions. How does how does the jobs report compare to before the oil boom? The the numbers are roughly equivalent. Uh, we have to go back to t- two thousand twelve to to see numbers that are uh, about the same, and then in, in twenty eleven. Uh, our, our best guess was that the Eagleford uh, only, uh, uh, and I say only, it's still a significant number, but supported about not quite 50,000 uh, full-time jobs. And so, again, last year that number was estimated to be a little over 100,000. So uh, both economic impact and the jobs picture are still double what they were uh, in, in uh, 2012, for example. So it's just indicative, you know, it's one of the reasons the downturn was so painful is because, you know, it seems like everything's relative. It was uh, things were, were, were going gangbusters for a while there, and there's still a lot of activity, but it's just not at the levels that we saw uh, when things were peaking in 2014. Well, the industry went from, from almost unmanageable because it was so busy to pretty quickly it got real manageable, and then it got real, real manageable <laughs> And, you know, still, I mean, we double the number of jobs, you know, boots on the ground, people working than than what we had in 2010, 2011 is still, you know, an amazing economic impact for South Texas. Yeah. And and if there is good news to be gleaned from all this, it's that, you know, perhaps the levels in 2014, um, you know, that was certainly putting a strain on the communities, roads, the development of infrastructure. with with uh, the way things are going now, one could argue that that this is a more manageable situation. There's still, you know, 10, 10 billion barrels of recoverable oil and condensate in the Eagleford, um, and uh, if prices remain at a moderate level, then presumably the activity, associated acti- economic activity, will also, and and you know that that can make things easier for community leaders, which is important. Well, coming up in the next segment, Dr. Tunstall, we want to dig a little bit deeper into, you know, business opportunities and the new normal in, in this study that you've done. Uh, it's an incredible study. I've, I've been able to thumb through it, and there's some really great information in there. But right now, we do need to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto and Dr. Tom Tunstall, the Senior Research Director for the Institute for Economic Development at UTSA. We will be right back. 
Hey, oil and gas friends, Alvin Bailey here. You know, every week, Kim and I work really hard to bring you up to speed with what's going on out here in the Texas oil patch. I also want to take just a minute to talk to you about your fleet needs. Whether you have one truck or 1,000 trucks in your fleet, I can help you. Call me when you have a minute and let's talk trucks. Did you know that the Kalig Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? And I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always going to get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656, and let's talk. Empower Rural Texas and join the Texas Rural Challenge at the Waco Convention Center from June 29th through the 30th. Hosted by the UTSA Institute for Economic Development SBDC Rural Business Program, this is the largest state event of its kind. Engage in innovative presentations regarding small business leadership and community development or business plan competitions for Texas small business owners and college students. Join the challenge and register as an attendee, vendor, or sponsor at TexasRuralChallenge.org. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto and our special guest in studio today, Dr. Tom Tunstall, the Re- Senior Research Director for the Institute for Economic Development at UTSA. Kim? You know, Tom, another interesting factor, we've talked a little bit about the rate count and, uh, and the effects on the 21 counties that were reviewed in this study. But I want to change the area that focus to the coastal bin area because some of the research and some of the things that are happening out there are also very interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no doubt that the 15 counties that we look at that are primarily uh, where the drilling is occurring uh, took a big hit. They Things dropped off significantly and of course upstream is, is going to be the most affected when that happens. Uh, and even a lot of the adjacent counties uh, saw a decline in, in economic output in terms of activity. What was interesting, though, was that um, uh, certainly uh, Nueces County, where Corpus is, was, was less affected than uh, other counties. And San Patricio County actually bucked the trend, and their economic impact grew from 2014 through 2016. And, and that has to do a lot with the fact that there are large numbers of projects manufacturing projects and other export-related projects that want to locate to the port of Corpus Christi. And on the uh, Corpus side of the bay, uh, most of the large parcels of land had already been uh, sold. And so the logical place for companies looking to to put in facilities uh, turned out to be across the bay over at Portland and Ingleside in San Patricio County. And, And as a result, they are the happy recipient of billions of dollars of new projects that are looking to take advantage of the low-cost natural gas, uh, the steady supply of low-cost natural gas here in the U.S., and the stable political environment, as well as the uh, uh, significant available workforce in which to tap. This, the U.S. isn't quite the lowest cost producer of natural gas in the world. That honor, I think, still belongs to Qatar, but the... Uh, the uh, stable workforce and the, industri- the just the overall environment here in the U.S. are much more favorable. And so that's why we're bringing in all these projects. And in particular to the Corpus area, they've been a huge beneficiary of, of, of the, the shale revolution. And, and briefly, I just want to talk a little bit about the Port of Corpus Christi itself, the city of Corpus, and um, the 
place where they are in which they really stand to gain so much, like you said a moment ago. Um, let's go into that too briefly. Corpus, the, the port is actually a foot deeper than the port of Houston. Right now it's 47 feet. And, um, and, and again, they have room for expansion, whereas uh, the port of Houston is, is, is largely built out. So that's one of the reasons they're, they're seeing a lot of these projects come in. And, and uh, what's uh, even more interesting is that the Port of Corpus is looking to, uh, they're, they're in the process of trying to acquire funding, uh, and they need uh, some help from the federal government on this, but to, to, to deepen the port to 53 feet, which will uh, mean that it can accommodate the same uh, types of tankers that the Panama Canal, with its upgrade, is, is, uh, will be able to, to accommodate. So it'll it make the Port of Corpus Christi even more competitive than it already is. Um, and, and then the port's doing some interesting things. Uh, because they all of the, the, the land on the water uh, has essentially been sold, and, and yet, as I mentioned, companies are moving over across the Bay to Portland and Ingleside, but the port um, on the Corpus side is also adding rail uh, infrastructure and uh, and probably be looking at uh, increasing channel access farther up the uh, port waterway. So creating essentially what they call virtual access to the port. What does that mean for for business in the future? It, well, it means that uh, with the the fact that we've got opportunities for export of both natural gas and oil, as well as uh, manufacturing and refining facilities associated with with. The, the abundance of oil and natural gas, um, all of which are essentially downstream-related activities. It, it, uh, it means that there'll be a lot of uh, activity and, and uh, uh, projects coming into the port probably for some time to come. And, and, you know, to take that a step further, with all this economic development and, and infrastructure going into Corpus, what does that mean for business right now for 2017? The well, the fact that uh, there's so much construction going on uh, means that there's you know a lot of indirect and induced impacts, um, and, and in fact, that's where a lot of the job growth uh, tends to occur in in all sorts of, of not uh, industries, not just the oil and gas industry, but where you've got construction, that's that's often where you have uh, the most economic output for for the period of time that it occurs, and so um, it's uh, it's providing. Uh, fuel for other other types of businesses as well in in the area um, so while we saw like I said the, the, there was significant impact and 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 it was tough for a lot of the communities where there's just upstream activities uh, it's uh, it's pretty clear that the Corpus Christi area has uh, uh, weathered the downturn pretty well in fact um, um, it looks like they may have not hardly even skipped a beat I believe five years from now, we're not going to recognize Corpus Christi like, like we see it today. Well, they're going to have a landmark bridge for one thing. Uh, the best description I've heard of it so far is that the, uh, uh, the top of the current bridge that's 50 years old will be the bottom of the new bridge when it's finished, uh, presumably about three years from now. Uh, it'll, it'll be the uh, longest, I think the longest cable bridge in, um, in the Western Hemisphere, I think they said. Uh, it's going to be quite a landmark, and um, and it'll it's being engineered too, so that it will be uh, much more impervious to the uh, the salt water and the corrosion um, that that has made 
the current bridge very difficult and expensive to maintain. So, um, so it's a really uh, it, it's good news. Uh, you know, the only negative comment I've heard is that uh, people are wondering uh, how nervous they might be driving across uh, across it because it's going to be so so long and so high. Well, if that's a problem, go around. But <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. Tunstall, in the next segment, you know, I, I think we want want you to to summarize this this ec- economic impact study for the Eagle Ford Shale. We've We've dug into it just a little bit, but I, I think we really want to let you get into the, the meat of the study in the next segment. But right now, we do need to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey here with your host, Kim Bellotto, and our guest in studio, Dr. Tom Tunstall, the Senior Research Director for the Institute for Economic Development at UTSA. We will be right back. Hey, 2016 is a great time to grow your business, and there is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com. Have you heard of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, the largest state association in the country? 87 years strong, serving independence, and it's right here in Texas. Offices in Houston, Austin, and Wichita Falls. Over 3,000 members of all ages like you who are in the oil and gas industry or who have family members and friends who are. Company members range from one employee to large independents. Lobbying, networking events, and saving you money. For a membership tailored just to fit your budget, contact Sandy Simon at sandis at texasalliance.org or call 281-997-7223. That's 281-997-7223. PISA is the Petroleum Equipment and Services Association who is the unified voice for the energy industry's service, supply, and manufacturing organizations advocating and supporting continued achievements in job creation, technological innovation, and economic stability. PISA provides corporate membership opportunities in two categories, industry and allied. Over the years, a lot of amazing companies have become members of PISA, but don't take my word for it. Click on the directory on their website and see for yourself. In order to become a member of PISA, all you need to do is go to PESA.org, click on the membership tab, and fill out an application. Once again, that's PESA.org. We're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Dr. Tom Tunstall with the University of Texas Institute of Economic Development. And Tom, before the break, we were talking about the recent study that the university was commissioned by STEER, South Texas Energy and Economic Roundtable. I want to get into the LNG area of exporting because there's some pretty interesting data there as well as we know that uh, we have not been uh, this is a fairly new area for uh, the United States and for Texas. So let's talk about what did the study find pertaining to LNG? Sure. And we didn't necessarily do any real formal analysis with regard to LNG export. It's been more a matter of uh, monitoring global dynamics in the markets uh, because uh, things have changed since the shale revolution, if you will, started here. Um, back in the early days of the Eagle for Shale, in fact, 
a lot of people don't know this, but the Eagle for Chale actually started out as a natural gas field, and 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 uh, it was when natural gas prices dropped to around two dollars per thousand cubic feet that the emphasis changed to oil. Happily for Eagleford, they there are large quantities of both natural gas and oil. Unlike other shale fields, the um, Barnett, for example, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area is is primarily natural gas. So is the Haynesville uh, shale field. Um, but uh, but back then when we were finding these unexpectedly large quantities of natural gas in the U.S. and, and prices fell, um, the opportunities for export uh, around the world seemed pretty significant. Uh, natural gas prices were, for example, in Europe about 11 to $12 per thousand cubic feet. In Japan, uh, after Fukushima, they had risen to 17 to $18 per thousand cubic feet, with rumors that Japan was going to completely get out of the nuclear power industry in terms of electricity production. Well, since then, uh, there have been a lot more LNG tankers that have come on the market uh, that are transporting natural gas, not just or LNG, not just from the U.S., but from from Australia and uh, uh, parts of the, the Middle East. Uh, I think that uh, certainly the energy companies are moving toward uh, the use of more technology and more creative logistics, uh, and that's how they've been able to bring their costs down. The initial production rates continue to increase. In the Eagleford, and again, a lot of this has to do with innovation and new technologies. And so, I think there'll be opportunities for companies that that are able to work with the energy companies and help them uh, implement some of these strategies. Um, as far as the activity, it's it's just it's really been interesting to watch. We now actually have some long-term trend data on the Eagleford, going from our you know our preliminary report that covered year 2010 of of. $2.9 billion in economic output, uh, increasing steadily year after year, $25 billion in 2011, uh, $61 billion in 2012, $87 billion in 2013, peaking at $123 billion uh, in 2014. And then, and then coming off of that somewhat down to $80 billion in 2015 and, and about $50 billion last year. Uh, hopefully 2017 will be better. There's no reason to think that uh, we're not going to um, – have a, a bump back up in terms of economic output and, and jobs uh, just because it's clear that the rig counts have started to increase. Uh, and this is really a Texas-wide thing. It's not just in the Eagleford, but the Permian is also seeing a lot of activity, uh, and, uh, and they have uh, multiple strata of shale uh, that, that really uh, producers have just kind of scratched the surface on. So, well, Dr. Tunstall, if, if our listeners want to take a look at your study, where can they find that online? The it's, uh, you can find it on our website. Uh, it's uh, at uh, CCBR, as in Center for Community and Business Research, dot IED Texas, spelled out. So I-E-D-T-E-X-A-S dot O-R-G. And uh, that and all of our previous studies, as well as studies uh, not related to oil and gas, uh, are on, on, on the website. And we do lots of research in lots of different areas. Uh, a lot of times people will think of us as, as uh, an energy industry researcher, and we certainly have done that, but uh, probably the theme that uh, 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 underpins all of our work is is that of economic development. That's really the, 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 the emphasis of our research. Again, that website is ccbr.iedtexas.org. Dr. Tunstall, we want to thank you for joining us today. It's always a pleasure having you in studio with us. Uh, Kim and I both learn, you know, so tremendous amounts of of knowledge when you're when you're in front of us and we appreciate having you on with us my pleasure thanks Alvin. thanks again dr tunstall for being a guest on our show today and congratulations because you get to be the topic of today's trivia question 
Hey, be the first person to email the correct answer to this trivia question to radio at shellmag.com. Again, that's radio at shellmag.com, and you will win yourself a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, an amazing Brazilian steakhouse. Yeah, Kim, we've got a great trivia question today. And, and we, had a, we had a great guest on the show today, Dr. Tom Tunstall. He's the Senior Research Director for the Institute for Economic Development at UTSA. He talked about a new study they just completed and, and have published, uh, the economic impact of the Eagle Ford Shale. And I think for the trivia question, Kim, is what is the title of that study? Uh, very Great question. We're looking for the very specific title of that study. We've said it, uh, what, four or five times throughout the show. So be the first person with the correct answer, and all you have to do is email us at radio at shalemag.com. Again, radio at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com, and you'll pick yourself up a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao. Awesome Brazilian steakhouse. Awesome. Great place to, to have a $100 gift certificate to. That's about all the time we have for this week, Kim. You know, hey, thank you for helping make In the Oil Patch the fastest-growing oil and gas radio show in the Houston market. And be sure and like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Uh, on Twitter, at Shale Mag. And, you know, Kim, until next week. Adios. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.